good early morning where my guest Chris Donald is in Thailand. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. My guest, Chris Donald from Inbox Army slash The Inbox Group. Hey, Chris, finally we get to do this live. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talk a lot, but we don't get to do something like this. So that's yeah, we get we we get to do it. Uh, we get to talk in public. Yeehaw! Um, yeah. Give people a a capsule version of of Inbox Army and Inbox Group as it stands now. <laughs> yeah. So Inbox uh, Inbox Group came first. We started that in two thousand and eight, and Inbox Army grew out of that when we. We tried, so Inbox Group, we worked with a lot of bigger brands and, and some, you know, mid-sized companies. And, and we found that a lot of our marketing was bringing in a lot more sort of upper small business and a lot of mid-market. And, you know, we, we turned away a lot of that business. And I'm like, you know, when we looked at it, we we're like 75% of the leads of that, right? Um, and so so we, we needed to build a better mousetrap, though, to keep costs down, which we, we did. Um, and once we started, uh, Inbox Army in 2016, uh, it, it just took off. It, it kind of got crazy with, you know, targeting that sort of upper small mid market. We still do a lot of work for brands too. Mm -hmm. Um, and because we were able to lower costs of the production side, we passed that on even to the brands, right? So it's kind of funny when we would go to some brands and, and say, Hey, we're going to lower costs. And they were like, what? <laughs> uh, so that was always interesting. Um, but, you know, we're, we've, we've grown incredibly well, uh, you know, did really well through the pandemic years. Wow. Um, you know, we've been 20 in 2020, we grew a hundred percent. Wow. Nice. And then 2021, we grew almost 70, 70, just over 70%. <laughs> so, so it was, it was crazy, what? but. Crazy, but, but yeah, good problem to have. What are the, uh, what are the essential divisions of the army? Like key services for, cu for customers? How do you have it grouped, grouped into? Yeah. So, yeah. So we, most of what we do is we do a huge amount of production work, okay. right? So if you think of design, coding, testing, setup, deployments, automations, integrations, migrations, you know, that type of work, right? Okay. okay. Uh, we're certainly working with data, um, and we do a fair amount of, of strategy as well, but you know, our wheelhouse is the production side. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, we can generally say most companies just a ton of money doing that. Right. Um, just because of our cost structure. Well, well cost, that's cost structure, but, but let's not, let's not throw away some pat on the back for expertise. One, one of the, one of the tough lessons to get across to people about email because we all get it every day is that it's complicated it's hard right i love that hashtag e hashtag email is hard right i love that yeah. uh, because it is it's, it is it, and we see it every day right with the, just mistakes and things people do especially on the deliverability side or still people buying lists because you know there's there's a lot of people who just don't know how to do things right. They don't know how to set up even the foundation of their email, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they read little blips and blobs and best practices, which I hate because, you know, best practices aren't best practices for everyone. Right. They're just not. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, unfortunately, there's some silly stuff out there too, right? So, 
um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. It's not like people come out of university or something as an email marketer. They don't. Right. Yeah. You know, the old saying is email marketers are born of fire, right? Because, you know, it's the <laughs> office manager that was said, Hey, we need you to send emails or, or, you know, the website guy or whatever. And they, they learn by making mistakes, right? You um, know, it, it, it would intrigue me. I don't know if there's a way to do it, but uh, maybe a poll. I don't know. The, the, the set of people who stumble on or listen to the, this podcast where I get to talk with people who are, deep in the space, I'd be very curious to know how did, how did they come to be interested enough to put an hour into listening to our conversation at some point, you know, because yeah. most of the time it seems like an accident <laughs> where someone yeah. fell sideways and like, oh, I, I, I guess I'm doing email now. Uh, I tripped over that thing. And, you know, five years later, 10 years later, I'm doing email. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how people got there as email mm -hmm. marketers. I think I think there'd be some great stories for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I got into it early. Not a curriculum, right? Like no, you said. No, no, no. <clears throat> you know, I got into it early. I sent my first email marketing campaign in 1995, back when yeah, the internet was low and ugly, right? Wow. <clears throat> so, you know, I created keywest.com and floridakeys.com and we started doing email newsletter. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, and that was on, I think when we started, it was like, I don't know, 96 100 bond modem or something. Yeah. And you, best, you know, yeah. Not exactly. AOL at that point. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was the, <laughs> you got me at Lara, right? For sure. Uh, <laughs> but you could, you know, you could do anything in the 90s and even early 2000s. It was a freaking wild west, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you could send flash in an email. You could send a form in an email. You could, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was, it was crazy, right? But I think nowadays it's, it's, so I, I actually, I rarely prepare for these things, but for you, I did. I actually made a few notes, um, which is something I rarely do because I've just, you know, you do it so long as you usually have some opinion about everything, right? <laughs> Whether they're right or wrong or indifferent, they tend go. to. Um, but I was trying to think of if, if we stay on the topic of future of email, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and not that we have to, although I should say something interesting, something I learned about Southeast Asia and the email, right? So email is not very prevalent here. Mm -hmm. It is for transactional and to have an account to sign up for things and stuff like that, right? System messages, password resets, certainly receipts from e-commerce, stuff like that. Um, but they are, first of all, they're very social people. Right. Very, very social. They belong I mean, far more than we may think we're social. They take social to a whole nother level. Um, and I think the reason they're not as connected to email is they sort of got into and mass got into the internet later when, when it, the mobile phone became the internet, yeah. right. And that allowed everybody in, in far off reaches of whatever, even in Thailand. Right. So, and because they're very social people and because Facebook and MySpace back to go and all the social channels were there by then. So that's what they attach to, right? So, and they will put anything on Facebook and other, I mean, stuff that we would never do, Interesting. right? Interesting. Either personally or 
to give you an example, when it's their birthday, they post their uh, checking the bank account number on Facebook so people can send them money. Wow. That's uh, wow. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, but it's email is actually starting to gain a little traction. Right. Um, but social is where it's at for here. Right. Mm. Um, but I think for, for the future of email, I think, you know, we talk about the machine learning, right. And I think there's validity in that to a point, right. So the question is, will the computers be smart enough to really identify consumer behavior with intent through actions, postings, whatever, by all this data that they can gather. But the problem with that is privacy, right? So the changes we see in privacy and no tracking and all this, machines can only do what they can do, right? Based on the data set they have available. Mm -hmm. If you take that away, that slows down the machine learning part of things to a point, right? You can sort of make some assumptions and things and, you know, it's, it's, it's the question is, can we privatize data enough, whether it's through, through, uh, encryption or other type of masking that the data is available, but not visible almost. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that machine learning can actually dig its teeth in. Right. So, yeah, you know, that's, that was, that was my, my, that's always been my main fight with the AI part of this is, <laughs> is I think now there's enough data, it's usable, it's can, and, and, or do we lose our privacy for that? Are we willing to opt in or opt out of privacy? Right. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit what's happening now, right? Because on, you know, even on the, at where the Apple mail stuff or, or that stuff, whether you, you opt into, you know, privacy, right? Right. Um, but, you know, you can word it in a way that do you want privacy or do you want your data strewn about the world, right? I mean, you could, depends on how you ask the question, right? Yeah, it depends on how you ask the relatively short question because no one's going to read the 24 pages of terms of service. Right. They're not. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, there's that, right? Because, because mobile is such a big part of what we do now, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it is it is, we're all attached to it, right? And, yeah. and here in Southeast Asia, it's literally, I mean, everybody's on their phone all the time. I mean, all the time. Do you think the U.S. is crazy? <laughs> here, it's unbelievable. Is it, uh, I'm just curious, this side question, but from what I, from what I know about global markets, it's, uh, you get more, far more pre predominantly Android devices. Yes. Yes. Although. Although a lot will, Apple is sort of a status thing, right? Yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a definitely a status thing because it's more expensive, but more people, far more people have Android. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, I've got, I have the Android flip, right? The, well, you okay. can't see it, but anyway. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, and I bought it because it's got a bigger screen and of course sure. I wear glasses, so it's a little sure. easier. Sure. Uh, but when I have that and I open it up, it's like, oh my God, right? They're like, oh my, wow, you have that? And wow. It's like some big deal, right? And I bought it for utility more than coolness. Right. right. But yeah, no, it's, it's heavy Android for sure. Right. It's a, it's a perception or, or framing challenge 
if you work in front of a computer all day, and act, you know, like a real computer, sorry, smartphones are real computers, right? But if there's a monitor and a keyboard, or in my case, uh, six monitors monitor. and keyboards, <laughs> it's like people, this is not how people experience most of it, right? The, the predominant, you know, communication computer device is in your pocket, not on your yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, and it's, I mean, 55, almost 55% of all emails are open on a mobile device. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, yeah. Um, it is the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, now, push notifications, SMS, those are all, I mean, push is a little behind SMS is a little bit in front of push, I think, because getting people to opt into push is yeah, that yeah, problem. Right. Yeah. Well, to your note about privacy, right. When, when there's a pop-up that says, do you want notification? You know, general reaction is, I already have, I already have one. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I cannot remember a single time I opted into a push. Yeah. Right. And that might be because of my age too. I don't know. Right. It's a factor. Um, I, I, I think to look at that. Yeah. Be, you know, because, you know, for most people, uh, you know, I mean, I'm 63. I don't know how old not quite that. Okay. Fair <laughs> um, most people my age are not super technically inclined. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, you know, the internet to them was really more of the, of the 2000s and 90s. They didn't, I adopted early because I stumbled onto, I opened a computer and just it made sense to me. Right. I don't know why it just did. Yeah. You know, I looked at code, I looked at built websites and did all that stuff. Um, and I did that in my thirties. Right. So, um, but I think most of, you know, internet, if you, if you remember the nineties, most people are, the internet's going to work and stay, it's going to go away. Right. It's yeah. a fad. It's a fad. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally, you know, my favorite thing about the internet, I say is it made the world smaller. Hmm. Right. Because I know you have friends in other countries now that you never would have had before without the internet, right? Absolutely. Me too, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, and I wouldn't be working in Thailand if right. it wasn't yeah. the internet, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it, it's just a different world or, or even have, you know, clients in other countries, which yeah. just would not have happened that way. Yeah. Do, do business with, be part of someone else's, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Some of my... Yeah, some of our longest running customers I've, I've never physically met. <laughs> no, no, wow. it, it's it's the case, right? Yeah. Um. In fact, we probably now we're we're in Texas, right? So, um, we have far more uh, companies in other states and in other countries than we do have in Texas. In the in the nation of Texas, right? In the yeah, yeah, the nation of Texas, right? <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, when you go someplace and you and people don't realize really just how big the U.S. is or or even how big Texas is, right? Yeah. I mean, you can almost put three UKs in Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? Um, and that's not even the biggest state, right? And our <laughs> friends in Alaska go, yeah, uh, exactly. don't bother yeah, yeah. me with that. Uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, there's six of you, so don't bother me with that either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but the other thing I, I see, and I want to see a leap in this, and I'm not sure how we get there, is interactive emails, right? So. got to tell you, I would like to see it as well, but I'm, I don't see the technical 
underpinnings there. No, it has to be a leak. Yeah. And it runs smack dab into the privacy issue that you already raised. Um, right. Right. You know, uh, Google's been pushing in for email, supporting it in their client. Um, Apple, and I, I said this at a recent conference, like Apple, Apple won't switch on AMP for email. There's no way they can square that with their privacy stance about something right. as humble as a pixel. It just doesn't work. Yeah. No, no. And, and, and that's a problem is what's right. You know, there has to be a big shift hmm. one way or the other. Right. Yeah. And heavy privacy is going to kill a lot of innovation, I think. Yep. Um, and, and, and the other way will. Will spark innovation, but we're giving out privacy. Yeah, and and you know we're talking, we're you know we're both we're both Yankees, so we're our context to some extent is informed by U.S. practice, where we're far more likely to sign over privacy for convenience, and yeah. I think it's probably enabled some degree of, of faster innovation in in the markets here. Um, so when someone whines about privacy in the U.S., I'm like, yeah, did volunteer. <laughs> yeah. Did sign up for this, right? You knew, you knew that. Um, but yeah. as we put on some brakes on that, at, at least to the extent that that ecosystem is is powered somewhat by knowing more about customers for advertising, marketing, fill in the blanks, it's going to slow it. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to slow some of those innovations down. AI and ML need the signal, as you were saying. A few minutes ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, apps kind of fix a little bit of that problem, right? But there's that how many apps can you install, right? <laughs> so my question, is there eventually, you know, is an app like a mall where there's barely multiple apps in an app or multiple stores in an app or mm. there's an app for you, a city or, or state or where something, right? Um, that's because the problem I have is I install apps and then I go, man, I've used this app in six months or I'll install right, it. Right. Right. Which makes you statistically typical, right? It's like right. every app gets used about one and a half times. Right. And then, yeah, I, there's only a few, and even like apps like Lyft or Uber or whatever, I use them when I use them when I travel, like, right. you know, occasionally, but not all the time. Right. Um, and, and that's always what I talk about apps. If you cannot keep them engaged for that first 30 days where they use it, then the chances of them never opening it again are extremely high. Yeah, they're pretty, it, yeah. I mean, pretty numbers, mind them. Yeah. 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 Well, because, it, you know, it's one of the affordances of the smartphone as it evolves. Like you, you can make this into a Swiss army knife and buy as many blades as you want, but which one do you reach for habitually? Which one, which one becomes like sticky for your, your own uses? And there, there aren't many of those. E email, I believe email is still one of the top X, two, three, four open well, apps it, on mobile devices. It's the, it's the original killer app. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It really is. I mean, it, it, People, I mean, how many times over the years is all, oh, you know, RSS is going to kill it or this is going to kill it or that. It, it's, it's, you know, it's like a zombie. It, you can't kill it. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's so integrated into the internet experience. Yeah. Get the logins and uh, registers and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think because 
the apps that are most used are social apps, right? Well, what I call the look at me bitch and moan apps, right? <laughs> Which is, because uh, that's really what most of what, what's done on, right? Yeah. Um, either they're complaining or they're... Yeah. Um, and and I guess it makes sense. You know, uh, you know TikTok obviously has is, is grown incredibly. And what's really interesting is the average age of the user on TikTok has gone way up. Is it? Yeah. Way, way, way up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It'll, 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 it'll follow a, it'll follow a curve. It'll be very interesting to see five years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the age? What's the viewership? What's the participant? Well, so, something else is going to come to make things easier to make more live. You know, they already have live on there, but I think that is part of, hmm. um, you know, it's that instant gratification thing. Right. Um, but. You know, I, I still look at email as a, you know, it's still about how do we put better tools and features into the hands of the user, right? Whether it's to use data, whether it's the ESP, the CDPs, the CRMs, whatever you want to call it, all the stupid acronyms we love to use. <laughs> um, and, and use data be better and actually give users value, right? You know, that's always been my take is, is when you send an email or any type of messaging, it should have value for the person who receives it as well as the company sending, right? right? right. Because if it's why I tell, you know, B2B clients, oh, look, you know, we've put out this email that we won an award or we did this or we closed all this business. You know what? They don't give a rat's ass about that. <laughs> they just don't, right? You know, give them something of value. Give them some knowledge. Give them something that yeah. will make them open the next email. Um, right. You know, in e-commerce right now with recession and all that, it's all about deals right now, right? <laughs> you know, uh, Amazon having... The second Amazon Prime thing, day, right? yeah. <laughs> Prime day. yeah. Uh, well, because you know people aren't buying a lot, mm -hmm. so the the non-essential stuff has gone down. Yeah. Um, you know, Walmart went had big discounts on electronics and um, home goods and and other stuff. Their food and their essentials were fine, but um, they were just way overstocked, um, and. And then they canceled like billions of dollars of orders. Oh, really? Interesting. Which was, which was IO, right? So that's what I, I always look at Amazon, Walmart, those guys, you know, because they have a lot more data, a lot more information than, you know, yeah. will ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's the early and often sales right now, right? So uh, I tell people you need to start. If you're e-commerce, you need to start your stuff now, right? Do an early Black Friday. Hey, the same deal we're offering on Black Friday, we're offering you today because you're a value subscriber or whatever, right? Uh, because I think there's going to be a lot more buying from week to week, paycheck to paycheck as we get to the holidays. And I think people aren't going to necessarily hang their hat on Black Friday, Cyber Monday as much because of that. I could be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But that's sort of like what I'm seeing other guys do. So yeah, and it's it's it, you know, you've got the big, the big dogs like you mentioned, Amazon Prime Day, like stealing stealing some of the sense of urgency yeah. out of that, spreading it out a bit more. 
I'm, I'm yep. curious since, since you mentioned Amazon, I'm curious about your reaction to the, the news that broke uh, last week about Amazon essentially saying, if you're an Amazon merchant, if you sell through us, guess what? You work within some controls, you can start emailing other people through Amazon. Like they've kind of gone into the quasi ESP with the, oh. the ridiculously huge list of folks who are Amazon. Yeah. And I, I almost think, you know, I was waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Right. So, because they, if you're an Amazon, if you sell on Amazon, you don't get that data. Right. Right. Um, but I think maybe what, what Amazon is seeing is that the company is better at addressing the consumer than they are for all the different products. Right. Right. So they can't be content people. They can send a picture. Hey, yeah, you looked at this or bought this before, or, you know, all that crap. Right. Um, but you know, relationship building, that's not there. They can't do that. Right. Um, you know, they can't give that information out. They, they don't know when new products are being released. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, they're probably seeing the value of giving that ability, right? Right. Yeah. Um, at least I think so. Uh, it 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 intrigued me that Amazon uh, expanding the email reach for their merchants came within a week or two of Shopify putting a hundred million dollar investment into Clavio, uh, which yeah, the dominant. ESP email platform for Shopify, Shopify merchants who like, oh, very similar pattern going on in those two really two big competitors, Shopify, Amazon, I would argue. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Clavio, you know, Clavio is a great little platform, right? I mean, it's not a little platform anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Chris Marriott calls it cheap and cheerful. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. Uh, it's it's inexpensive. It's a month to month play. You know, I I, I used to call it uh, MailChimp on steroids, <laughs> right? Um, but they're they're going in a different very They, you know, they I believe they've launched their sort of enterprise version, right? Which is Clavio One. If not, it's coming soon. I think. Um, but you know, part of what made Clavio grow so quickly there was when MailChimp and, and Shopify had that little fight, right? About Yes, security or API or something. Yes, right. And they uh, and and they so Mailchimp cut them off, right? Or shop or one of the other. Shop, yeah, shop, yeah. That was quite. That was quite a sort of an epoch epoch event. In, it in, it so. it made no sense, right? I mean, how can guys not get there? Because it 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 didn't help either one. It it just hurt them both, right? Made a heck of so, an opening for Clavio, though, as you well, said. Oh, yeah. All those MailChimp users really just gravi gravitated over it, right? Um, and it gave them a huge boost. Um, I, I just looked up Clavio when it is on the market, clavio.com uh, slash O-N-E. But here's, here's, the, here's the log line pitch. Finally, a unified customer platform that delivers personalization at scale. And it's email and SMS. Yeah. And I think they, they have, they have push as well. Probably. I think, yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But um, it, it's, it but doesn't yeah. surprise me to see SMS in the list, right. but boy, talk about aspiration. We're a CDP, we're a personalization platform, we're an email platform, we're a texting platform. 
kind of form. That's a few yeah, things. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and honestly, they sure. do it relatively well. Yeah. Right. It's good to hear. Um, you know, because I, you know, we run into all types of clients and sometimes we see clients that were sold in ESP that they just don't need. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and I'm not saying anything bad about any of them, but, um, you know, because God bless them, their salespeople are really good. Right. It's a fit thing. Yeah. It's a fit thing. And it, but it's also a cost problem, right? Mm -hmm. Not only a, because, you know, somebody buys, you know, Salesforce or Marketo, you know, usually it's the marketing manager or somebody else who makes the purchase and then hands it off to these poor people that have to run it. They have no friggin' clue, right? Um, because, you know, both of those platforms are great platforms, but they're difficult to use, mm. right? Um, it, it'll take you, you know, 10 more steps to do things than it might do in, say, a Claviola or, you know, some of the others, right? Um, it's, it's a man hour problem. Right. Right. So they say, oh, the platform costs this. So, no, the platform costs 10 times that because the man hours you're using. <laughs> and then, of course, the people can't get there. So, and, and I said, I should complain. They call people like us or consultants or, yeah. you know, and, and, and I always say bad decisions on buying ESPs drive business for us, unfortunately. Right. It's true for most agencies. It yeah. drives business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a, it needs to be easier and they really need to educate maybe on the front end or uh, I guess an ESP's job isn't to educate. It is to a point, I think, and they do try. Um, but, you know, there are still far too many ESPs <clears throat> that say yes to purchase data. Well, yeah, the, and the first part of that sentence was also true. There are still far too many ESPs. I period. <laughs> no, right, right. It's 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 a little uh, it's a little bit unusual to see a space that doesn't have a dominant player. But that's absolutely true of the platform side of of email. There are no hundreds, and you can't oh, go. Yeah. yeah, those guys own most of the market. There is no. There is no those guys. And it, uh, you know, no. numerically was MailChimp, but small to medium business, now owned by Intuit. So I would not argue that they're an 800 pound chimpanzee or anything like that. Grow up, whatever. <laughs> I, think, I think that was a smart move for Intuit, right? Yeah, me too. They were integrated already. They're probably going to integrate better. Yeah. Uh, you know, Intuit had, what, six, seven million uh, small business users and MailChimp had 11 million. So yeah, that made sense, right? Yeah, uh, huge overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was the main thought behind it. Uh, and then shortly after they bought it, they reintegrated with Shopify. Right, Det little detente, new ownership, all that stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. It was also, to me, that acquisition of MailChimp by Intuit was, was another big email ain't going away flag being waved because into it if you look at their their history and track record like they go in sectors where where it's going to stick around right quickbooks yeah. is how old at this point oh yeah i bought right? <laughs> yeah 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 and, and and adoption everywhere right it's not just u.s adoption yeah it's everywhere yeah, right it's everywhere. it is pervasive um no it, it makes sense right um but yeah i mean i think the biggest thing 
for email is to continue with innovation wherever we can. But I think the privacy issue is going to be the problem. I really do. I think that's going to be the disruptor in all of this is eventually it's either going to go one way or the other. Um, well, one of the, and one of the puzzles there that let's call it privacy versus pers personalization and innovation, but that, that those two things bumping up against each other. I'm looking at the Clavio one screen that you prompted me to open. They've got a whole story about personalization told visually on the homepage, but it's absolutely predicated on data about Cara, Cara Garland, <laughs> their, their prototypical person, right? Subscribe. Yeah. Like more data they've got about Kara, the more they can personalize her email. Fair equation. But what if Kara says, I don't want to say oh. everything about me. I just want to buy stuff when I feel like it and tell you nothing. You're like, oh, dang, those two things, they don't work very well together. If, if Clavio One has nothing about subscriber X, personalization, at least in its current paradigm, not going to be much of yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, that. That's the wild part in all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because I love the idea that we can, we can use data better. I, I, I love the idea that a lot of the platforms make it easier to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, creating dynamic segments or triggers or whatever it is you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and one of my pet peeves, by the way, so I, I always, I'd like to get this out of the way, um, is an email. We love to give the same thing like 92 names. <laughs> yeah. I mean, automations, I mean, we've got, we've got flows, we've got journeys, we've got triggers, triggers. we've got grips, we've got, <laughs> I mean, and, 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 and it's funny, somebody will call and say, all right, you know, I want you to create a drip for us. I said, yeah, we can do the automation. I don't want an automation. I want a drip. Okay. Okay. I can do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, it's, but we do it to ourselves. Right. And, mm. and the acronym stuff is the acronyms are detrimental to the conversation. Yeah. You know, though it, it, it's not just this particular space. No, it's, every, it's everything, yeah, right? It's, it's everything. everything. We right. love to put them on, right? Talk to a school teacher and listen to the listen to the acronym salad that a public school teacher will rattle off, and it's like, what? What are you talking about? You know, the world's becoming world. The complexity going up, specialization branching off, and yeah, we you know, we end up making up these uh, these short terms. Uh, Chris married, who I mentioned, mutual mutual acquaintance of ours. Mm -hmm. um, made, I thought, a brilliant long-term call about the customer data platform and the email service provider headed the same direction. But when you go blah, 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 ESP, CDP, like 99 people in the room go, no idea what you just said. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no idea. Right. And, 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 and CDPs exist because ESPs didn't do a good job with data. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree. Right. Yeah. Simple as that. It's yeah. really, and it was funny because it was the ESP saying big data. Well, you know what? We suck at small data. Why don't we get that fixed first? Yeah. Really. But, but the CDPs, that's why they exist, right? Is the ESPs didn't do a good job. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's part that and it's part, well, it's part of a bunch of things. I, I think the, uh, 
the technical model of a lot of the email platforms on the market is, is kind of antiquated. It's like import a list to do this, import a list to do that. Like time out. I got the same guy on both lists and I don't have any way of seeing the connection between those two things. That's why the CDP exists. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean, yeah. and yeah. And, and it's hard to re-engineer that stuff, especially when you've got an installed base who likes a list or figured out how to manage it. So it, well, it, and the CDPs are morphing into ESPs. Yes, well, they are. Yeah. That, yeah. They're putting those abilities into the platform. Right? Yeah. Both, both the cloud MTA on yeah. the side and oh, look, you're, you're almost there. And then the, the, the sort of API level consolidators, Twilio, Twilio obviously comes to mind, right? Like they're getting all of the pieces lined up and assembled. It just isn't called a platform. Right. Uh, could you make it one? Hmm, not that much work, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, message bird slash spark post. Against mm -hmm. MWA, perhaps. Yeah. How does how does that um <laughs> technical mess <laughs> factor for your business? I would think I would think it, being on top of it puts you in a good position. It, it does. It helps us a bit, right? I mean yeah. in any given month, we have clients on over forty to fifty platforms. Wow. Wow. You can imagine, right? Yeah. Uh, whether they're platforms or CDPs or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might be a, you know, the, the problem, a lot of times we see companies that have, you know, they'll have uh, like attentive for their, for their uh, SMS and then they have their, their ESP and then they have, you know, something for social and they have all these things integrated, right? They, through APIs whatever. And it's, it, it's, it's like the old day with all the old phone cords running around, whatever, <laughs> right? It's kind of like, it, it's just looking to break, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. Because the more connections you have, the more chances you have to break, which is why I think the holistic platforms, if somebody can get there, make them usable without it looking painful and hard and, mm. and insane. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody can get there, <laughs> um, I mean, look, you have, you have, uh, Salesforce closing down the, uh, social studio, right. Part of that, um, you know, different things just weren't enough to make it work. And, and I, I love Salesforce, great platform, but it's, it's, it's difficult, yeah, right? It's difficult. Um, it's, it's you know, I always, uh, my, my, my description with Salesforce is they built or exact target, built a really nice house with you know, 50 bedrooms, right. And really good. And then, then they came along and put on you know, 2000 additions. And now you can't get from the here to there <laughs> going outside through a tunnel and up, a, you know, Where's the kitchen, man. <laughs> it was a little like that. I mean, maybe I'm not being fair to them. I love, and, I love uh, Salesforce. So and, we'll and be, yeah. drive to serve very different markets and very different sizes of companies, which Salesforce has done successfully. It's is it yes. is a daunting job. Hub, I would argue HubSpot's going down that you know same road. I've watched HubSpot grow from yep. wow killer sleek CRM to this is this is Frankenstein's monster. You know? like, yeah, no, <laughs> same thing. And that's the problem. What because it's never done holistically. It's done as let's put this on and put yeah. it to Frankenstein, right? Uh, which is which is which is kind of nature of uh 
evolution well, of digital artifacts. It's a speed to market. It's a speed to market problem, right? And squeaky wheel and you know, yeah. what do we think is going to help us close the quarter and, and, and that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm backtracking my head a, a little bit in the conversation, but when I, uh, when I was early on in college, I got a summer job at a, at a motel. This is in a tourist town. And they had a switchboard for the phones in the room. Remember, we had phones in the room. And it was an actual patch cord switchboard, right? Someone in the room would call oh. with buzz. Yep. We'd go, oh, you want an outside line? Hang on a second and plug the cord in. <laughs> and like, I didn't realize it was training for uh, training for the tech space. <laughs> with that yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, well, remember, we, you know, we used to have the, uh, well, went all the way back the 70s we had the phone acoustic couplers to connect yep. to the yep. frame right? yep. and stuff like that. yep yeah um, but even then even with modems you know you'd be online and it would go offline because somebody picked up the phone tried to make a call right there yep. was that problem because you had to tie up the phone line to be the, off the, the 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 phone line well part of that part of that leapfrog that's led to behavioral differences that you talked about at the beginning about uh, about thailand where you are now is I, I think Thailand's one of the countries where the wired telephone infrastructure didn't necessarily go everywhere. So they leapfrogged and said, wire less everywhere because it's a lot cheaper than, than string and barbed wire, a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it, right? No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it. And it moved them quickly as well. So they adapt incredibly well to technology. Yeah. Right. Nice. Surprisingly so. Right. Um, but yeah, the social drive of it is, you know, there's a lot of things about Southeast Asia that I love, uh, food, people, things, the way they do things. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love America. I still spy home. Right. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it is. I don't know if they'll ever get away from the social driven part, right? Um, I see email making a little hay, right? Um, and it's certainly used in business to a point. Um, but app is they pay for everything a lot of times with their phone, with their bank app. Interesting. Is there is there a is there a predominant app or series of apps used for pay? Well, they're your bank app, right? So Oh, okay. Interesting. Everybody has like all these little street vendors, they have a little QR code. So if you buy something, you put it in, they tell you it's 650 baht or 10 baht or 20 baht or whatever it is. You put it in, you send it to them, you show the thing and they go, okay, take your food, right? Um, wow. And it and it's it's done like that all over. And these are just little shops, little yeah. markets, um, street vendors, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, street food in Southeast Asia is amazing, right? Um, nice. So it, it's it's just the way they do it. They send money to each other. That's why all you need is the account number, right? That's why they post it on Facebook. You can, if you have the account number in the bank, you can just send them off, right? Interesting. Where where by contrast, paying yeah, with well, paying with a smartphone in the U.S. is still relatively unusual. I I use I use my, my wife has my wife has the Apple Card in her yeah. her pocket, so I use yeah. the, I use the phone. And it's still hit or miss to say. Yeah, it is. You don't see it. Sometimes you see it in places. Yeah, sometimes not. Um, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even work well either. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. That. yeah. Uh, I mean, even though, you know, the smart cards we should 
be able to just put it down. You put it down, doesn't read it. You still got to put it in, right? Right, right. Um, Which is another yeah. one of those leapfrog innovation cycle things. The credit card itself was invented, was in, was like first came into functional use in the U.S. It was Seafirst uh, Bank in in Seattle that actually started the thing called that we now call the credit card. <laughs> so we stuck with swipes and then mag stripes for a lot longer than other countries oh, that went to chips or cards earlier. Absolutely we did. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we push ahead on some things and we fall behind on it. And we fall right. behind. Yeah. We fall behind uh, badly on others. Uh, Kenya has a SMS based payment system called M-PESA, I think M-P-E-S-A, like astonishing move money all over the place and it's SMS based. But it practically runs the economy there. It's like you don't have to have terabyte bandwidth and and a zillion apps to make this work. You have to have, you know, trust and and some institutional stability and and sort right. of build a habit at a national level to make something stick. And then changing yeah. it hard, right. <laughs> right? Hard, yeah, yeah. And and I think I think because these countries are more apt to make that leap and make those decisions. You know, there isn't all the, as much bureaucracy to stop that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's why sometimes they just, they adapt or, yeah. or adopt very quickly, right? Adopt and adapt, adopt and adapt. Um, a little faster. Yeah. Right? And, and, and on, you, you said it, I'm just plucking it out. Culture is this culture of a place is an underlying factor that very much influences what sticks, what doesn't, how it evolves in, in actual use. You know, you're in a, you're in a nation where uh, highly social people, it's not going to change. Like technology yep. will have to fit or it won't get adopted. I suspect. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. U.S. different, different, less social, if that's a single axis that we can describe less social in a way, um, yep. more capitalist in a way. Um, so we all adopt things that suit that culture to some extent. No doubt. What's yeah, the I, other big surprise about living there? Um, you know, some things that I, I don't see here are interesting. So, uh, and I think this is a, a family centered thing. Um, there are no old folks homes. There are no retirement villages. People stay with their families. Grandma, grandma's with family. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, food eating is a social event for the most part, right? It's friends and family all the time. All the time. Nah. All the time. Yeah. Um, and, and the street food thing is a big deal for me because they are fanatics about clean and safety and, you know, I've eaten more street food here than you can shake a stick at and not got sick once, right? Always delicious, always inexpensive. Um, you know, the exchange rate here right now is really great, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like 37, almost $38 a bot, I mean, bot to a dollar. Um, and, and things are inexpensive here anyway. Wow. You know, just, just cost wise, right? Um, I mean, I can have a full American breakfast with, Bacon, eggs, hash browns, toast. Um, they always have a little salad on the plate for some reason. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, and it costs me like 
you know, a hundred baht or 120 baht, which is, well, a dollar is yeah, three, three bucks, 30 baht, three, four three full bucks. bucks. Yeah. Three full bucks with a drink. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I lived in, I lived in France for six months, family and I lived in France for six months where they don't eat American style breakfast. I get it. It's a cultural difference. But we were well here. They don't. We're eat. at the door of the diner, going, "Let us in." Where's the bacon? When we got back, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had you know rice soup with pork, yeah. for breakfast because yeah. that's one of the one of their deals. Um, you know, they have fish and they they eat chicken for breakfast. I mean, they just you know it's not it, it's just a meal. It's not and and I have a friend here says uh, well he's from way north uh, northwest. Or east uh, Thailand. And there's two things he said of it. He says, if it's not hot, it's not good. And if it's, if there's not rice, it's not food. There you go. So he'll say, cause I'll say, Hey man, you just ate. No, I didn't. Rice. I didn't just eat. <laughs> I'm like, man. Um, but yeah. And, and the other thing here is all the vegetables, fruit and everything. Um, are, are just so much tastier. There's so much more flavor in them. Um, now some of them, some of them are smaller because probably not GMO to death. Right. Um, but yeah, the flavors and their fruits and their vegetables here are, I mean, I imagine this is what they were supposed to taste like before <laughs> right. ever happened. To them, right. Um, but yeah, in a lot of the country, you know, a large part of the country that way out in the country is they literally live off the land, right? They usually have communal rice fields that they all work and, and all work together to, to grow the rice. Um, and then some raise chickens, some raise cows or pigs or, or, and they eat everything. I mean, everything. So out in, out working the communal, uh, rice field, smartphone in every pocket, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that was really funny. So one of my first trips here, I went to, um, I was with a client and they said, Hey, you, you want to go out to lunch? I said, sure. And he said, there's, a, there's like a, a small little mall over here. We'll go over here because they have a bunch of food places and you can pick something that you like. Right. I'm like, okay. It'd be a nice to me because a lot of everything's here spicy, right? A lot of it is. So we walk in and I look around I'm like, oh, and I said, how about Kentucky fried chicken? And he says, I don't think we have that. And I said, yeah, it's right over there. He looks, he says, where? He says, right there, KFC. And he says, KFC is Kentucky Fried Chicken? Interesting. Because it does not say Kentucky Fried Chicken anywhere. Right, right. Well, first of all, Kentucky Fried would mean anything. Sure, yeah. Right. Um, so he was like, wait till I tell people. Nobody, no, right? He thought that was just like yeah. the coolest yeah. thing, right? But interestingly, Swenson's is here. I don't know if you've ever heard of Swenson's ice cream place. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sizzler Steakhouse, which, wow. you know, pretty much died west, as, as far as I know, I think. Maybe this yeah. is the Midwest somewhere. Because um, I was joking. I said, maybe this is where brands go to die or after they die. This is heaven for brands or something, right? Because um, it's all, you know, they have Dairy Queen and Burger King and all the, you know, everything, right? But different. Um, like Burger King has, you can choose pork patties or beef patties, hmm. uh, a lot of spicy options, almost all the hamburger place sells fried chicken as well. Um, 
You got me it's sold just, on the street food. I think I'd skip all of the chains. Thanks. Oh yeah. No, I haven't been to that food place. You know, I, I was, I have making a ride up to Bangkok and so I had the driver stop just to get a quick egg McMuffin so we could just go fast. And I think that was the last time I had one. Yeah. Down on the bottom. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's that. And I cook, I do cook here and stuff. So, okay. but, but it's so inexpensive. It's easier just to go out. Really is. Well, wow, wow, what a what a. What, hey, so you're you're sitting in in Thailand, which is not email centric, guiding this global organization that does email stuff for for customers all over the place. Like you're a human juxtaposition. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's interesting, right? Um, and again, the internet makes it possible. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you have all the digital nomads. I see them here all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Right? I'm sure. Yeah. Well, the fact that I, I, I'm blown away by how seamless this video conversation is. We haven't had lags, dropouts, stutters. Like, it's it's fine. No, no. Wow. I have I have fiber here. Do you? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm in an area, so I'm in Wahin. Some call it Huahin. Thais tend to call it Wahin. Wahin. Um, it's, um, so it's three hours south of Bangkok. It's a city, but it's not, it's not like a tourist come here, but not like, you know, Phuket or Bangkok or even Chiang Mai or Pattaya, some of the, you know, Koh Samoy. Uh, that are big draws, right? A lot of expats live here. So a lot of expats in, you know, US, Europe, you know, come here to retire because their dollar goes farther, right? Um, and you said digital nomads there as well? Yeah, lots of digital. Not as many. I mean, in Wahin, I see them on a regular basis, but if you go to Bangkok or Phuket, they're yeah. all over. Yeah. They're in all the coffee shops and the, the coffee shops. You know, they go and use the free Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The backpackers certainly, but the digital, digital nomads are, it's a thing. It's a bigger thing than even people understand, right? Um, well, it was already starting to happen, but then you throw the, you know, pandemic and the shift in, in remote work permissibility right. and habits and infrastructure. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's like, go. <laughs> If I were right. 20 something, I'd be like, see ya, got a, you know, got a laptop in the backpack. See ya. Why yeah. Yeah. When people were saying all these people, oh, they're quitting their jobs and they don't want to work. Well, no, they actually became consultants and freelancers and all those type of things. Cause they realized during the pandemic, they could do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have any, do you have any remote like nomad folks as part of the inbox team? Um, not really. You know, we have some, but not a ton. I mean, we probably have maybe three or four, okay, which is really low percentage. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, and you know, I, the nice thing about being here, like next month, I'm going to go to Singapore for a little, for a week, right? Yeah. Just go check out Singapore. I'll make a trip to Cambodia and, and, and to Vietnam because it, they're quick trip. I mean, it's like, I can go to Vietnam for like. 60 bucks or, or a hundred bucks round trip. Right. I mean, it's, and it's, it's not that many hours away. 
No, no, it's an hour, hour and fifteen minute flight or something, right? Yeah. Back, oh. back to what you said about one of the, the, the one of the shifts about the U.S. and not the only country like this, but certainly one of them. Like, wow, it's a big sucker, right? Yeah. I, I tell people the county I live in, Washington. I live in Washington State, and I say the county I'm in is bigger than the state of Delaware. The, just the county. Right. Just the county. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Howard. and but and that's the thing, like like Europe, right? The nice thing about Europe, you can visit all those countries pretty easily, right? Yeah, they're re relatively um, relatively compact, relatively yeah, yeah. And it's so you can see all these different countries. You know, <laughs> we are while we're big, we're relatively isolated. Yeah, you know, we have Canada and Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And those are our only neighbors. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that, they're a long ways away from most parts of the states. Yes, yes. Um, that and Americans don't travel internationally enough. No, most don't even have a passport. Yeah. Well, we, I, I, I see Canada literally. I see Canada out that window, and mm. so British Columbia, which is beautiful, is really close. People going from here to there, astonishingly small number. It's not it's like look, if you're in Seattle, BC is two hours away. Oh, we yeah. can get around to it, right? So yeah, it's not. So kind of not, not in the habit, not part of the culture, back to that word. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know, live, if you live in Maine and, you know, you can make yeah. a trip to Nova Scotia or Montreal yeah. or and they don't, right? Yeah. We do. Yeah. Just, yeah. No, I don't know why. I, 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 yeah. And the other thing is, you know, in the U.S., and again, I'm not beating up on the U.S., please don't think I am. Um, we have this, this English only issue, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas in every other country I've been to, everybody speaks multiple languages yeah. always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that's a that's a uh, that's a real uh, a, a real shortcoming, and I don't think it'll necessarily change. Although Spanish is becoming yeah, or a viable second language, uh, at least in some yeah. parts of the U.S. But yeah, because we, you know, part of it is there's not been a need. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you are. When you're a smaller country bordered by a lot of other smaller countries, there's a lot more interaction. So there's a lot more learning that happens. Um, and, and I think, I, I think that probably hurts America a bit in yes. that understanding other cultures. Yes. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Because we, we don't understand other cultures. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a, I got to check my calendar. Oh, yep. I got a sales call. Got to run. <laughs> let's let's wrap. See, I knew already. Well, I knew we'd yeah. go all over the place. Well, it was wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Thought. I enjoyed it. Listen, I enjoyed it. it Great. Yeah, yeah. Great I, I uh, I'll, I'll tell the tale maybe in the show notes about how instrumental you were and how kind you were in helping uh, helping campaign genius start into this space. So, uh, so. oh, no problem, no problem. I, I I don't know that I did a lot, but yeah. anything yeah. I did helped you. That's good. Awesome. Well, my my guest all the way from Thailand has been. Chris Donald of Inbox Army. Chris, thanks so much for making the time. My pleasure, buddy. You have a great day. You too.